Well, currently we're in a message series called the Bible Series. And what we're doing in this series, we're looking at stories that have been portrayed in the Bible miniseries that was recently broadcast on the History Channel. How many of you have seen any of those episodes? Okay, a few of you. It's been, it's actually been quite a popular uh, series and we're glad for that, that more people are getting engaged and learning more about what the Bible actually says. Bible literacy in our time is at a, as a historic low. But somebody asked, what relevance do stories that have happened thousands of years ago have to us? Aren't they just fairy tales? Aren't they, I mean, how does that apply to us? And that's, that's a fair question. I would say, first of all, that, that these are not just any stories. That these are stories that have been preserved for us in the Bible, which really is the best-selling book of all time. The Bible is an incredible book. If you've read any portion of it, it says of itself that it's the very Word of God. That God has revealed Himself, our Creator has revealed Himself through this book. Romans 15, 4, and you might want to pull out the white page that's in the middle of your bulletin. It has the verses written out there in the outline as well. You can follow along. It says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. And so this was written in the New Testament time, in the time after Jesus uh, came to this earth and went back into heaven. And so the things that were written in the past here were the Old Testament, was the Old Testament and the Old Testament stories. And this verse tells us that these things were written down for us. Uh, these things were written down in the past by God through the Holy Spirit for you and I today and for other people down through history. God wants us to learn something from them. They're not just stories to entertain us. They're stories to teach us. The verses also say that the Bible was written to encourage us and give us hope. Anybody here need some encouragement sometime during the week? Anybody here need a little extra hope for the future? I think our society needs it. I need it day in and day out because a lot of things that come against us in the society, in the life in which we live, tend to discourage us, tend, us, uh, tend to make us look to the future with worry rather than hope. And so the stories that are written down in the Bible are not random stories. It's just... God flung them in there for no particular reason. The stories in the Bible have been selected by the Holy Spirit to teach us the principles we need to learn to live the life that God has for us. And they're stories that are specifically selected to encourage us. Now, today, the title of my message is called From Freedom to Bondage. From Freedom to Bondage. Now, if you read the... If you read the, um, the media, you'd see that many people think that Christianity puts a person into bondage. Christianity is all about the things we can't do. Have you ever heard that before? I, I don't like religion. It's just so restrictive. I want to be free to do whatever I want to do. And Christianity puts me in a little box and says, you can't do this. You can't do this. But the exact opposite is true. Jesus actually came to set people free from the bondage of sin and set us free to live the way that God has us to live, the way that God created us to live. 
Look at what Jesus said in John 8, 34. He said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And so people who say, I'm free to sin, I'm free to do whatever I want without anybody telling me not to do it, they're actually enslaved to those sins. And we see, if you have eyes to see, we see in the media portrayed people enslaved to sin. They get in deeper and deeper and all of a sudden their lives become overwhelmed with various sins. But Jesus goes on to say in verse 36, so if the son, speaking of himself, sets you free, you will be free indeed. And so when Jesus comes into our lives, when someone becomes a believer, he sets us free. He sets us free from bondage to sin into true freedom. But we must be honest, even for a believer, there's a, a process of spiritual growth, a process in which God increasingly sets us free. Because even as believers, we sin. Anybody else sin from time to time? Yeah, once in a while. We do. We ask somebody's wife, and I say maybe it's more than once in a while. But uh, we always <coughs> tend to look at the picture a little differently than other people. So whatever your spiritual maturity is this morning, whether you are a new believer, whether you're still considering the claims of Christ, or whether you've been a believer for a while, God wants us to grow in freedom. He wants to move us from bondage to complete freedom. Now let's look a little bit at the background to the story that we're going to be examining in detail this morning. The nation of Israel had been in bondage as, as slaves in the land of Egypt. They'd been there for 400 years. And God raised up a deliverer. He raised up Moses to set them free. It's called the Exodus. And they came out of Egypt. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their sin and unbelief. But God then brought them through to the very edge of the land of promise, the land of Canaan in which God had given to them. And so our story begins as Israel reached this border of, of Palestine, of, of Canaan. Now standing in their way was a fortress city called Jericho. It was a walled city with very... Uh, strategic defenses. God had instructed the Israelite leader Joshua to completely destroy Jericho because it had gone on for generations of sin of the worst vile kind. And yet out of Jericho, one woman and her family was going to be rescued. Everyone else would be destroyed. One woman of faith would make this journey from bondage to freedom. And we're going to talk about her this morning, her name was Rahab. And in many ways, her story is our story as well. Let's watch a video clip from the Bible miniseries. It's called Rahab and the Scarlet Cord as an introduction to this message. So we're going to look at this story of, of Rahab in Joshua chapter, chapter 2 and see how it applies to our lives. First of all, we can identify with Rahab. The stories in the Bible are meant to apply to our lives. Some characters in the, in the stories that we read are stories or examples of people that, that we should not be like. Examples of people who do wrong things and then we see the negative consequences in their lives. Other stories that we read are examples of people that we should be like. Stories of people who have faith in God and we should emulate the things they do and they say. Now, <clears throat> Rahab 
Let me just go back. I didn't read this verse. There we go. It's mentioned multiple times in the New Testament as a woman of faith. Hebrews 11.31 says, By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And so Rahab is one of the heroes of faith that's listed in Hebrews chapter 11. And God wants us to learn from her. God wants us to identify with her. And we're going to see multiple ways that we can identify with Rahab as we go on with the story. First of all, like Rahab, we live in a sinful society. What you saw in that video clip is uh, portrayed, a portrayal of the story that begins in verse 1 of Joshua 2. It says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. And so the society of Jericho in the land of Canaan was a very sinful, decadent society. The sin had gone on for so long that God had decided to exercise his judgment through the army of Israel and bring about a complete destruction of that society. Archaeology reveals that the Canaanites at that time were involved in all kinds of idolatry. They worshipped all kinds of idols, all kinds of gods other than the true God. They were involved in cult prostitution and incest, homosexuality, bestiality, violence, child sacrifice, and all kinds of spiritism and occult behavior. The society was deserving of complete destruction. Now our society today is, is spiraling downward into many of the same sins that the Canaanites were consumed with. Now things that were unheard of a few years ago are now promoted in the media as good things. And anybody who speaks against them is backward or out of date. All of the sins of the Canaanites are present in our society today. Abortion is the child sacrifice of the 21st century. And so we live in a sinful society headed for judgment. And like Rahab, we have been in bondage to sin ourselves. It says they went into her house, the two spies, and entered uh, and found a woman, a prostitute named Rahab, and stayed there. And so Rahab was a, a product of her society. Her lifestyle was a lifestyle of sin. She made her living by prostitution. She sold her body for a price to whoever would pay. And so it's easy to be affected by the sin in our society. When everybody around us is doing it, hey, it's not so bad. And that's what happened with Rahab. Especially that's true as society continues to downgrade what is called sin. The Bible teaches us that all have sinned. And that includes me, it includes you. We may not have done any of these, quote, really bad sins, but each of us has sinned in our own way. None of us is innocent. And so we've been in bondage to sin, just as Rahab was in bondage to sin. And we need God's deliverance to enter into freedom. So whether you're a believer here this morning or not, you are engaged in a battle with sin. You are engaged in sin just as Rahab was. And God wants to set you free. God wants to set each person here free. He wants us to live a, a life of holiness, a life of service to Him. He wants us to live a life set apart, different than the society around us, a life that pleases Him, a life of freedom. 
And today, as we look at this story of Rahab, we're going to learn how to enter into this freedom that God has for us more and more. So in order to move from bondage to freedom, we must change our allegiance. Now, Rahab, living in the city-state of Jericho, would have been loyal to the leaders and the society around her to, to Jericho. But in order to move from bondage to freedom, she had to change her allegiance. And so must we. Our natural allegiance, the Bible teaches, is to the world. The world in biblical language is, is the things around us that are not submitted to God. And we see all around us in our society things that are not submitted to God. But that allegiance to the world, if we continue to do the same things the world does, it keeps us in bondage. It keeps us in bondage to sin. And so we also must change our allegiance. Our allegiance must be changed from the world around us doing what everybody else does to really marching to the beat of a different drummer, to marching to God's plan and purpose for our lives. And to do that, we must refuse sin's demands. Our story continues in verse 3 of Joshua chapter 2. It says, So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. Now let me just add here that this particular video clip of the story took, takes quite a few liberties with the story. Uh, as you go through, they're trying to compress this longer story into a very uh, couple-minute episode. And so you'll see a lot more details, a slightly different take on the story, but basically the essential truth remains. But here we see that the king of Jericho, the leader of this whole society, kind of like our president, came to Rahab or sent some type of emissary and said, you bring out those spies that have found refuge in your house. Now what would that mean for the spies? Well, that would mean certain death if she released the spies to the soldiers. To refuse the king's demand, on the other hand, say, no, I'm not going to talk to you, no, I'm not going to uh, help you, would have meant Rahab's death, I am sure. And so, what should she do? Well, she chose to risk everything for God. It's really quite an amazing story. It says in verse 4 to 6, it said, the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up to them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. And so Rahab took a huge risk. She took a risk for God. The easiest thing to do would have been, hey, come on in. They're hiding in the back room. Take them. And I just kept them here so that you could find them. And she would have been fine. The spies would have been dead. Everything would have gone back to normal. But Rahab took a huge risk. She was no longer loyal to Jericho. She was no longer loyal to that sinful society. Her allegiance had changed. She now had put her loyalty in the people of God. In the nation of Israel. And so her responsibility now, she felt, was to protect these Israelites. Her responsibility now was to preserve their lives. Now in this case, I believe that her deception, this is a huge theological debate, 
Of course, whether Rahab should have lied, I believe her deception was justified. Because it was a, basically a time of war. The king of Jericho would have used the truth to kill the spies. And so she deceived them in order to protect them. And the Bible commends her in numerous places for her faith in protecting and hiding the spies. She risked her own life. Changing our allegiance means that we must fear God above all. Listen to what Rahab says here in a little more expanded version in the video clip. She says, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you. When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on earth below. And so Rahab here acknowledged by her actions in hiding the spies and by her words to the spies that she feared God above all. Somehow faith had entered into her heart. And she knew that God in heaven above was the true God. And the idols that everybody worshipped in her society were not gods at all. The Lord God was God in heaven and on earth below. Her allegiance was no longer with Jericho, but it was now bound up with Israel and Israel's God. And so we need to ask ourselves the question this morning, where is our allegiance? Who are we loyal to? Is our loyalty to the sinful society around us and what everybody else does? Or is our loyalty and allegiance to the kingdom of God and to the manner of life that he calls us to live? When our allegiance is with God, then we're not going to condone the things that go on around us that are not of God. They're going to actually vex us in our spirits. We're going to do everything we can to bring about God's will in our nation and in our land. When our allegiance is with God, we won't respond to peer pressure. Just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean we're going to do it. We're going to walk to God's direction. We're going to walk with God's commands. We will take positions with our words that are going to be unpopular. It doesn't take much. You just need to quote a Bible verse or a truth from the Bible these days to become unpopular with people around you. But we're going to fear God and not the response of men. And so to be totally free, we must break the ties that the world place, places on us and we must vow to go with God, to walk with God, to go against the flow of society no matter what the cost is. And finally, we must believe God's promise. And so Rahab expressed her faith to the two spies and they responded and said in verse 14, he says, our lives for your lives, the man assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we'll treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. And so the spies promised Rahab because she had saved their lives, that they made a promise that her life would be saved as well. Because they knew Israel was going to attack and conquer and destroy the entire city-state of Jericho. And so if we are faithful to God, 
God will be faithful to us as well. Now we must trust God's scarlet cord. Let's talk about this a little more. It says in verse 17, The man said to her, This oath you have made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And so Rahab tied a scarlet cord in her window. Apparently her house was on the wall of Jericho or somewhere close to it. And that scarlet cord would be a sign would be a sign to the Israelite soldiers that were coming in that everyone in that house would be spared, would not be destroyed. It would be a sign and protection for her from the coming judgment and destruction. Now let's just think back what happened when Israel was in Egypt. When Israel was in Egypt and God was going to deliver them with the exodus, they had to sacrifice a Passover lamb. And they put the blood of that Passover lamb on the doorposts of their houses. And when God sent the death angel around across Egypt to, dis to destroy the firstborn of every family, when the death angel saw the blood on the doorpost, it passed over. And the people within that house were kept safe. In a very similar way, the scarlet cord here was going to keep Rahab and her family safe. It represented God's protection. And looking down through history, the scarlet cord is a, is a type of the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ that sets us free from bondage. The blood of Christ that protects us. It was a scarlet cord. The blood of Christ that forgives our sins. And so we must put our trust in God's scarlet cord. And we must bring others to freedom as well. The spies go on to say in verse 18, and says, unless you have brought your mother, your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house. And so not only did that scarlet cord protect Rahab as the soldiers came in, she was to invite all of her relatives. She was to invite her mother, her father, her other relatives to come into her house and come under that protection as well when the army began the attack. And so because of Rahab's faith, and I believe that faith was transmitted to her whole family, because of that faith, her whole family was saved from judgment. And as we read on this story, they all became part of the people of God. And what was the end result? Well, the end result was that God rescued them and God will rescue us as well. Remember what happened. The armies of Israel surrounded the city of Jericho with its walls towering up into the heavens. And they marched around that city day after day. They marched around in silence. And finally on the last day, they marched around seven times. And then what happened? The trumpets sounded and the people let out a huge shout. And it says... When the trumpets sounded, the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. It was a miracle. And so every man charged straight in, and they took the city. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother and brothers, and all who belonged to her. And so God gave Jericho into the hands of Israel. He brought down the walls, they went in and 
Every person, every animal was put to the sword except one family. The family of Rahab. The only one who believed in the God of Israel. The only one who put her faith in the true God. Rahab had risked everything for God. And God set her free. She was kept safe when there was destruction all around her. And she entered into a life of faith with the people of Israel. God blessed her. God had kept his promise. It was made through the spies and Joshua made sure that those spies were the ones in all the hundreds of thousands of soldiers that went in, however many there was, they all had instructions, don't touch the house with the scarlet cord. Because those people believe. Rahab was set free from a life as a prostitute. She was set free to serve God. She was free to live her life with the people of God for the rest of her life. And Rahab is one of the people I want to talk to in heaven. How did that all happen? How did God speak to you? And your heart change? Whereas everybody else was resistant to God. You know, there's judgment coming on our sin sinful society at some point in the future. Sin will always be judged by God. And regardless of when it comes upon our society, one day, God's judgment will come on the whole earth. The Bible teaches us that it is coming. And only those who have put their faith in the scarlet cord, who are under the protection of the blood of Christ, are going to escape that coming judgment. But even today, when that final judgment has not yet come, those who sow seeds of sin in their own lives, they reap bondage. They become addicted. They become in bondage to their own sin. And they live lives of much pain. Now each one of us has experienced a reaping the results of the sins in our lives at one point or another and the bondage that it brings. But today God wants to set people free. He wants to set each of us into a greater freedom than that we've known before. And freedom comes only through the blood of Christ. Your bondage may be from things like drugs or alcohol, or maybe there's somebody close to you that's in bondage to those things, or even cigarettes, or maybe your bondage comes from a temper or a foul mouth or looking at things you shouldn't. There's all kinds of addictions. There's all kinds of bondages. Or maybe your bondage is a result of worry. Your life is in bondage because you just can't stop worrying or being in fear. Or maybe you're discouraged all the time. You just don't see hope in the future and you're, you're in bondage. There's just no joy in your life because everything looks dismal in the future. Or perhaps your bondage comes because you haven't given God 100% of your life and everything that you have. And you're trying to hold some things for yourself and you're not sure what's going to happen because maybe you don't have enough. But whatever the case, God wants to set you free today. And so Rahab's story is our story. She's somebody that we can relate to. We must change our allegiance from the world around us and make a decision to be 100% committed to the kingdom of God, 100% committed to God's way of life. And as we do, God has a promise. 
His promise is that he'll rescue us from the coming judgment. That he'll protect us in this life as we walk with him. He'll help us to live our lives in freedom. And so Rahab was commended in the New Testament three different times for being a woman of faith. Rahab became the great-grandmother of King David. And down through the lineage of David eventually came Jesus Christ. How amazing was that? And so Rahab went from bondage to freedom and she accomplished great things for God. See, God wants the same for each person here today as well. This morning, if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity here in just a few minutes. It's an opportunity to make the choice to move from bondage to freedom. A freedom to be everything that God created you to be. It doesn't matter what church your parents went to. It doesn't matter what you were raised as. It doesn't matter whether you were baptized as an infant or not. What matters is whether you choose to believe in Jesus Christ. Whether you choose to put your faith in Him just as Rahab chose to believe in God. So let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. If you're not sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're not sure that if your life would end today that you would go to heaven, then I strongly encourage you to pray this prayer. It's not enough just to hope you'll go to heaven. It's not enough just to look around and think I'm better than the people around me. I know a lot of people worse than me, so surely God will allow me into heaven. No, that's not how you get to heaven. That's not how you walk in freedom. It comes only by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, by admitting that you've sinned, that you've done wrong things, believing in Jesus, asking Him to forgive your sins, and then committing your life to walking His way, His way of freedom. So if you'd like to make that commitment, even if you don't understand everything this morning, I encourage you to pray in your own mind something like this along with me. Say, Father, today I admit that I've done wrong things. I've sinned. I've followed the pressures of society around me and I've done things that I know your word says are wrong. But I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth 2,000 years ago lived a perfect life and died on the cross, taking my sins upon himself that I might be forgiven. And I believe he rose from the dead and is alive forevermore. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you, to walking in your freedom, to walking in your way all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.